Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, we can do better than that. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Come on. Yeah. Hallelujah. Certainly we're glad to be here this morning. It's always good to come to the New Mission Baptist Church and be with my dad, my friend, uh, Pastor Ventus, and all the associates here at New Mission. It's good to see Britt today, man. It's always good to see you. Glad to have my wife with me today. Um, there is a word from the Lord. Uh, before we get there, let's have a word of prayer. Father, even now, decrease me and increase your presence. Hide me behind uh, the cross. God, whatever you do here today, let me get no credit for it. Uh, speak with my mouth. Think with my mind. Uh, Lord, do what you do. Uh, your people need a word. Uh, and so, God, we want to be obedient to what it is that you're saying uh, in this place today. Lord, open up our eyes that we may be able to see uh, the truths of, of the scripture today. Uh, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Mark chapter number two. Mark chapter number two and uh, want to hang out at verse number 22. Mark chapter two. Want to hang out at verse number 22. When you found it, once you say, I got it. You need a minute, say, hold on. All right. All right. It reads this way. It says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. I want to read it one more time. And no one puts new wine in the old wineskins for the wine would burst and the wine skins and the wine and the skins would both be lost new wine calls for new wine skin for the time that is ours to share together i want to preach i don't fit in I don't fit in. You be honest with yourself. When you first joined church, uh, you were trying to fit into the system of religion. You came in, uh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You, you clapped your hands when they said clap your hands. You, you tried to wear your skirt with your stockings. You, tried to wear a suit every Sunday. Uh, you tried to be like the people that's been coming to church for years. Uh, and there's something inside of you to say, hey, listen, I, I just don't fit in. You, you, you came to church and you say, you know what? I'm, I'm trying to get this God to try. I'm, I'm trying to get my relationship right. But, but there's something with my relationship and this religion that's causing this discourse and internal conflict within me that there's something pulling on me. Say, I just don't fit in. I, 
I, I, I've been praying. I've been talking to the Lord, and he's been giving me revelation. And then when I go and share the revelation that I'm getting, they keep on giving me a religious response. And it's like, God, I heard what you said, but they keep on telling me how I should do this, how I should talk, how I should work this out, how I should walk. And there's something inside of me that, that stand up and say, I just don't fit in. It's like a key when you try to go and uh, put it in the door. It may go in, but it never turns. You, you jiggling. You say, I know I got the right key. It's in there. It, it's fitting, but, but it's not the right key. It, it's like when you hear the choir singing and they're sounding good, but there's somebody off tune. You say, wait a minute. What's that? They, they got their choir robe on, they they smiling, they going through all the motions, but they're like, no, you don't fit in. And, and our text today uh, gives us a, a very interesting picture about what happens when you try and fit in. When, when, when you try and be like, everybody else. When you make an attempt to, to not be your authentic self, it paints a beautiful picture of what's going on in the church today. Uh, let, let's check it out. It says, and no one puts new wine in the old wineskins. That, that's a very impactful and healthy verse that we got to unpack. Uh, that before it was ever wine, you got to understand that it used to be a seed. It used to be a seed, and, and, and the farmer or the harvester would plant uh, the seed, right? And these vineyard vines would grow. And it'd take about three years before the vineyard keeper would ever see a harvest. It would, it would grow, and it would grow, and, and it looked like nothing would ever happen. It looked like nothing was going to take place. And then sometime in the third year, in, in, the, in the summertime, they start seeing these little buds come on the vineyard vine. And after a while, sometime towards uh, August or so, uh, between August and September, uh, it would be a full stem of grapes. I, I wish I was talking to some wine drinkers here today. <laughs> Full stem of grapes. But it was an interesting process because the vineyard uh, keeper would have to go throughout the summer assessing the grapes. Have to see if they were coloring right. They had to make sure that everything was in, in order. We had to make sure that the leaves on a certain side were protecting a certain side of the grapes and another side was open so that it would get even sunlight so that the grapes could produce and become what it needed to be. It, it, was, it was a certain time. And when the vineyard owner saw that the grapes were ripe for, pipi, ripe for picking, he would pick the grapes and put them in a container. Yeah. Over time, uh, he would pick those grapes and those grapes would become crushed and, and pressed. And, and what's inside the grapes would come out. Yes, it, it, it would go through this crushing process. And I don't know who's here under the sound of my voice and said, I, I just got in church, but it feels like I'm being crushed 
and I feel like I'm being pressed. But, but can I tell you, uh, God says there's something inside of you that he has to get out of you that's profitable for the kingdom of God. So these grapes get pressed and they get crushed. And over time, they have to sit a little while uh, so that they can ferment. I, I wish I was talking to some wine drinkers in here. Uh, that over time, the longer it sits, the grapes would start to ferment. And that's how the alcohol in the grapes are produced. That have to be crushed. They have to be pressed. And, and the alcohol is there. And then it goes to a process where it becomes uh, uh, separated or shifted from the, the little grape little uh, hairs that's inside of there. And it, it comes separated from the little oaks that come from the, the vineyard. It would become separated and shifted. And then it would be put into some barrels so that it can yeah. ferment yeah. a little yeah. while longer. It was sit, and the longer it sits, the better it gets. I, I wish I was talking to some wine drinkers. You, you know how Merlot is made and, and Red Electra and, and, and all of that stuff y'all be drinking. Come on, don't look at me like that. I got the season crowd this morning. It, it sat a little while. And over time, it set and it fermented and, and the yeast and the oxygen would, would take on this format and it would become better and sweeter over time. Once the wine was ready uh, to be put into the container, uh, the, the vineyard uh, owner could not go and put the wine in the old containers. Now you got to see this picture because the vineyard owner is responsible for the grapes. He's responsible for making the wine, but he's not responsible for the container. All right. The container uh, is, is made somewhere separately because it has to keep being produced. All right, let, let me see if I can help you out. Uh, in church, uh, uh, people are made and produced and pressed and crushed and been sitting a while and got gifts that's ready to be birthed. But what happens is that we try to put them in old wineskins, in old containers. We, we try to make young adults fit in old Traditions, traditions that you were once resistant to, but you just fell victim to because they said this the way it's got to be. And since you grew up in the church, you said, I'm just going to sit here and deal with it. But we're living in a generation that said, I don't need church. I, I got God. I don't need the church because they're tired of being forced to fit in a place in which they don't fit in. Tired of being forced uh, to cover up them tattoos. Tired of being forced to take them golds out of their mouth. Tired of being forced to be a church member and not a Christian. There is a fundamental difference between a church member and a Christian. 
A church member comes and goes through the motions. A church member comes and gives their tithes out of religion. A church member comes and, and shake hands and smile in people's face and hurting on the inside. But a Christian comes and be their authentic yes, self. And I understand the problem because the church doesn't like to deal with authenticity. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you you can go anywhere and be yourself except church. <laughs> when, when, when you come to church, you you got to be covered up and you got to have your Mac on and your makeup. You got to be tied up. You got to be right like you got to be because you know how church folk are, girl. She had her hair messed up today, girl. You see how she came in this year, girl? Don't Why she crying, girl? It don't take all of that. In church, we can be anything but authentic. And the tragedy is that there's an authentic generation that's been pressed by life circumstances, been pressed by the social economic system, been pressed by the systematic oppressive legislation that's been passed, that's been pressed on the block neighborhoods, that's been gentrified, been pressed. And they're looking for a church where they don't have to try and fit into something that will cause pain to them. It's here in the text that when you put new wine in old wineskins, the new wine becomes contaminated and not available for use. <laughs> That, that, that the new wine can never be used at the gathering because now it's contaminated with what used to hold it. <laughs> what I'm telling you is that, that the church is in an interesting state because we've been trying to force people into them old wineskins. And it keeps on busting on our hands. Let me help you. This is how it goes. You put that old wine in a new bottle, in an old bottle, a new wine in an old bottle. And that bottle busts in your hand. But make matters worse, the glass cuts your hand. The wine is wasted on the floor. All of that process, all of that breaking, all of that stuff that was used to take place yes, sir. is now resting in ruins. How tragic is it that when we look around the floor of our churches, we see a whole bunch of wine, a whole bunch of people that have spilled over on the floor. Oh, it's an amazing sight because every church you go to, there's wine on the floor. People who could have took the church to the next level <laughs> now just lay wasted on the floor. Great potential wasted on the floor. Ministry wasted 
on the floor. And I came to warn you that there's a generation that wants to come. That's been pressed. That's been crushed. That's gone through struggle. That said, I ain't got time to try and fit in. I, I got to be placed in a place where I can be my authentic self. You be honest. When you look inwardly, you look like these young adults. You cuss sometimes. <laughs> Come on, don't, don't, don't. You, you, you get upset sometimes. You, you wild out sometimes. You, you post some crazy stuff on Facebook sometimes. You, you watch some interesting videos sometimes. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. And there's a struggle within you that says, I want to be authentic. But this old wineskin is holding me. Can I help you out? The old wine can be placed in a new skin. <laughs> that, that you can take the old wine and put it in a new skin. But you can't put the new wine in the old skin. Nothing ain't going to happen to the old wine when it's placed in a new skin. You know, we, the reason why we fight change is because we cool with how we shape the old way. <laughs> we, we cool with how the bridge got us over. But the way that life has presented problems and circumstances and shaped people, we got to define and forge a new path. I'm glad it brought us over, but it can't keep bringing us over because people are coming from different directions and they can't hold what they contain. So we want to talk about Millennials coming in church. We, we want to talk about engaging this next generation. If we're going to engage this next generation, the first thing that we got to do is not force them to fit in. We, 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 we got we to take it for what it is. They glue, we glue to cell phones. We, we glue to to social media. And so there's ways where the church has to connect to them right where they are. I'll tell you what happens every so, every so often. Uh, it, it happens a lot, but every so often uh, God sends a great harvest to the church. It's called a funeral. We've been missing the millennial generation but they come to those funerals when those young boys and, and young women get killed uh, senselessly. Uh, they come in and then they come to church and they start looking. Maybe this ain't a bad place after all. But then something happens. They see what they saw back in the day. They see where they're at now and they say, no, I can't fit in there. Because, because for so long we've been trying to cater to the, the dead at the funeral. That we miss over the living people that are there. 
this is the idea, just the idea. What if we made funerals more like a ministry experience? What if we called them to the altar and had prayer with them? What, what if we showed them that they could be used in this end of the kingdom? What if we showed them a different path? What if we taught them a little bit deeper? What if we went off the, the beaten path of how we normally do stuff and started doing stuff over again? Just maybe, I don't know. I don't know, just, just maybe. They might say, let me try that church out on Sunday. But can I tell you something? If I was them, I wouldn't come to church either. No, not to deal with church people. I wouldn't come to church. Because they've been trying to make me fit in. They're going to talk about me. I can deal with people who talk to me to my face, but you're going to talk about me behind my back, they're smiling my face. We, that's a whole other kind of level of interaction. So he says, listen, he says, for both the wine and the skins will be lost. Let me help you. That if we don't get a grasp, get a hold of what's happening today, the church organization will be lost. Not the church, the organization will be lost. And so will be lost. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> see, 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 organizations have to go through structural changes. Over time, you can't keep on doing the same stuff. You, you, you got to prune some stuff and, and cut some stuff off that's not proof. I know that she used to be on the committee for years, but, but you got to retire and, and cut her off. I know they, they've been, been in leadership for a while, but you got to cut them off because it's, it's hurtful to the organization and it's preventing growth because the organization wants you to fit this structure instead of the structure trying to fit the people that's coming. If Procter & Gamble and GE can cater to the new education that's coming into their system, how come the church can't do it? How come we can't do it? You know that one passage that says, cast your net to the other side. There's a whole lot of fishing that goes on on the other side. But all we want to hang out on this side. Because we, it's convenient. We're used to that. We're used to catching fish over here. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Forget praise and worship. We, we cool with this side because it's comfortable. We're cool with this side because we develop complacent mentality. We're cool with this side. God said, no, I'm calling you to cast your net to the other side. I'm causing you to go back into the community and get those people that are lost. I'm causing you to be the epicenter of the community again. My last point and I'm through. There's an interesting passage in the Bible, Bible where there's a vineyard and a fig tree. Very interesting passage. It alarmed me when I read. I said, what is a fig tree doing in a vineyard? <laughs> right? I said, you know, vineyard. God, it's cool by itself. It's self-sustaining. But I did some research and I figured out that that the fig tree helps the grapes 
mature. Help them become sweeter. Help them become who they're supposed to become. Helps them navigate through the vineyards. Helps them matriculate. You know what I saw? I saw the church and those people that, that live outside the church walls. That, that right in the community of the vineyard. Laser fig tree. Right in the middle of Madisonville. Laser church. With a whole lot of vineyards. And you know what the church responsibility is? It's to help those people become who they're supposed to become. That when they're ready to be pressed and crushed, they can come in and get shaped and fit for the new wine that has to be poured. I came to tell you today that God wants to send new wine. Oh yeah, he wants to send new wine. Oh, there's a harvest out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's ripe right now. Yeah. Ripe for the picking. And we've been too busy trying to go and buy wine off the shelf. Here we go. We've been, we've been too busy trying to go and recycle members. Stealing members. Evangelizing the same folk. When there's a harvest out there. When, when there's ripe for the picking. You, you know why we don't want to go get them? Because it gets a little messy. Because when they're crushed, it causes us to dig deep. It, it causes us to get them on us. We don't want to deal with none of that. Send me some pre-made bottles already. I, I can deal with that. But it forces us to, to go through the process over and over and over and over again because we want carbon copies. We want carbon copies. Yes, we do. We, we don't want authentic things in the church. No, because authentic things don't fit in. So we have to be on the verge of cutting edge in 2019. I got to tell you, young adult services are great. I mean, they're, they're amazing, but that's only one day. We, we got to look in. What are we doing to engage them during the week? What, what young professional circles are we having? What professionals are mentoring our young professionals? How are we engaging this next year? Are we letting them lead? Are we letting them be on trustee board? Are we letting them be on the deacon board? Are we putting them in leadership? They got education too. They may be trying to work out how to, how to navigate that 10% like all of us are, but, 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 they, but they got some skill sets that we need. They, they know how to balance the budget. They, they know how to create a financial statement. They, they know how to make sure that we're good and we, and we come out clear for the next year. They know how to market on social media. Well, if you're going to reach somebody, you got to get somebody that looks like the person that you're trying to reach. That's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. And, and we just got to be cool with the fact that those people that we're going to reach, 
They don't fit in. They don't fit in. But over time, you'll see how God can take what don't fit in and make it fit in such a way that it looks like just like what God intended it to be. Here it is, my last point, and I'm through. The problem is this. Is that we want to control how people look. We, 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 we want to shape them in our image, but never shape them in the image of Christ. And so there's always this tension from what you want them to be and what God wants them to be. And, and a true leader shapes you into what God wants you to be and not what they want you to be. Because what they want you to be is carbon copy. But, but a leader caters to your strengths and helps you develop into who you need to be. When Jesus turned water into wine, it spoke to the process that, that he expedited the process of wine. That, that he took some water and made it wine. He, he expedited the process. And I believe that in this season, God can expedite our watered-down Christians. Oh, yeah. And he can make them turn into wine. First of all, we got to believe that he can do it. But I believe that God wants to expedite the process to the point that when people look at us, they'll be like, whoa, those are them good Christians over there. They know how to praise the Lord. They, they know how to do ministry. Makes no sense that our competitive advantage is ourselves. <laughs> we, we look at other ministries down the street and we think that, that they got it going on when in reality our competitive advantage is what we always had. It's, it's what we've always been doing. We just got to package it a little differently. We just got to maximize it and, 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 and figure some stuff out and work it out. But it's us. It's ourselves. Yes, We're the answers to our problems. Yes, we got solutions to what's going on. Yeah. We can do it. Yes, but we got to stop trying to make people fit into yes, a box. Yes, yes, we got to stop that. Yes, we got to stop that. And so when you look at your grandchildren, just, just know that they don't fit in. They might not know him, number 296. They, they, they just might know Latasha Cobbs and Travis Green. That, that's cool. You know some of that too, right? And then over time, they can learn about that. But, but, but let them be who they are. Let them worship. How they worship. Let them praise 
how they praise because you don't know what it took for them to get here. You don't know what caused them to raise up their voice and raise their hand. And there's some people under the sound of my voice that says, you don't know what it took for me to get here. So we shouldn't try to determine how somebody else should praise, how somebody else should worship. Because the reality is, none of us fit in. <laughs> none of us do. All right? God, how we thank you today for putting us in a position to where we can have a, a, a retrospective look back. That when we look back in retrospect, we can see how we tried to force some stuff that, that we just didn't even fit into. And we see the end result. God, I ask that you would uh, allow New Mission to see the harvest. There's a harvest in Madisonville. And, and, and the reality is, is that uh, they may not all be the same kind of grapes, the same color. They may not taste the same. They may come from different walks of life, but God allowed New Mission to capitalize on what's around them. God, take them from where they are and open up their eyes again. God, allow them to leave this neighborhood in such a way that when you roll through Madisonville, you'll only hear the name New Mission. Set New Mission uh, on a hill in which they can lead the way for the city. God, release what Pastor Vin has been holding back. Release those spiritual gifts that he sits on. God, God, allow him to be the the pastor and the and the whew, and the apostle that you've called him to be. Allow him to to prune some stuff. Allow him to cut some stuff off. But let him know that after a while, it's going to grow again. Prepare the members for what's getting ready to take place. Because we believe that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. And neither has it entered into the hearts of men what you're getting ready to do for this place and this community. God, we see it. And so God, push them, press them, shift them into the place and what you're calling them to be higher heights and deeper depths. Send the right support to hold up the man of God, to hold up the church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give God some praise.